Welcome to Left on Red, the Daily Mountain Eagles political podcast. I'm Jennifer Coron. And I'm Drew Gilbert. And we have some explaining to do, I feel like, about our uh, two to three month hiatus. I don't think you owe explanations. It was 2020 and by God, It was a little, just... yeah, it was the 2020 version of what they used to, like senioritis, That's like it. you get to the end of the year. Yeah. And we decided that we didn't want a 2020 anymore. Well, and let's be honest, there just the really, there really wasn't a lot going on politically between uh, November and now. Yeah, so it wasn't planned. We just lost interest for a little while. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah, that might have been. Like, can we call it like a mental health month? And or we two? apologize, but oh, um, Jennifer apologizes. I'm not actually yeah, sorry. Yeah, Drew doesn't apologize. I don't do that. Um, so, but we're back now, and there really is some stuff to talk about. We've had a guest, which we'll get to in a minute. I we know. brought a guest back in the studio because we got tired of hearing ourselves, which I think is also another thing that happened. Um, interesting guest, uh, Walker County Commissioner. Uh, but we'll lead off with a new format we have been discussing during our off period. We want to yeah. kind of shake up the format a little bit. So there'll still be interviews, but we're going to maintain the current event stuff that we had going for us. And we even have a little idea about a civics lesson that we may introduce at some point this season. Which we're still, all of you should pay attention yes, to. Yeah. Because I have become extremely aware that the majority of the people around me have maybe like a third grade level understanding mm-hmm. of the United States government. It's rough. And can we get everyone to sixth grade? Yeah. Yeah. It's fifth. rough. Like fifth. Let's go fifth. So, uh, so yes, that'll, that'll be coming. We're working out some things with that. But we're going to begin with our current event stuff, our headlines, our hot takes. Well, the most current event is what just popped up on Twitter as we're about go to record this. I know. that. It's sad that you listeners don't get to feel the vibe in this room. The, sh- the sheer we sad testosterone <laughs> level of this room that has just overwhelmed. It's almost suffocating, but go on. I'm and sorry. And it's because go EA ahead. Sports just announced that they're going to bring back a college football game. EA Sports. It's in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've explained to Jennifer off mic uh, the story. I had no idea. I said, when's the last time they put out a football game? The real hardship of folks around here. I understand. And we're getting it back. It's and, sad. Uh, we also have some theories. There's probably going to be some revenue sharing with college athletes, and we're probably going to be seeing announcements on that. But, hey, we'll cover all this later. I just am excited mm-hmm. that I'm going to get to play a college football game again. Mm-hmm. Without, uh, who was at Bama in 2013? Because that's the last <laughs> team Ooh, that I played with. Long time ago. <laughs> Long time. So, uh, so that's, that's no, good news. Um, McCarran. Yeah, yeah, McCarran. Let's play with McCarran. So, uh, we're, we're feeling good. We hope you guys are feeling good. We were in a funk for a little while, as was the entire world. <laughs> yeah, I thought but, we just all needed to quietly reflect, you know? Mm-hmm. We didn't need to talk about it. That Oh, my goodness. That reminds me of personal reflection time. Did you oh. go through personal reflection time with Coach Kevin Spears at Cordova High School? Uh, no, I just missed. Uh, I just missed that. So he was our health teacher. Yeah, because coaches taught health at Cordova. Um, and so when he didn't want to teach that day, yeah. and you'll never convince me otherwise. Yeah, we had personal reflection time. Uh-huh. Yeah, you could play paper football during personal reflection time. Did you have to do it quietly? You though? could not necessarily. I mean, you couldn't be loud, right. but you didn't have to not speak at all. You could put your head down. You could do your homework. You could do whatever, but. Personal reflection time for Kevin, and it maybe yeah. that was his mental health. You know, it's funny. Day. He, he took probably a mental health did it because he didn't want to teach that day. But in like this modern society that we're in, that's actually probably pretty useful stuff there. Yeah, because mental health is pretty freaking important. Yeah. He was ahead of his time, Coach Kevin Spears. Wonder, wonder where he is now. He, he was from Arkansas, I think. I wonder if he went back home. 
Because didn't he rep. come here? He came here with Coach Hill. With Coach Hill, that's right. So, mm-hmm. anyway, we, we digress. We haven't even gotten to political anything yet. Yeah, so good go. Here's here's our hot take, our segment that we're tentatively calling WTH. Yeah. What the heck? What the heck? Or well, that happened. Um, oh, I like that better. Yeah, well, that happened because uh, we're not necessarily going for the news you need, but that's the right. news that made us stop scrolling is how I think of it. Jennifer, give me something. So, from CNN. Uh. Uh, the Arizona Republican Party censured. I saw this. That's a difficult word. This. Censured, not censored. Uh, Senator Jeff Flake, yep. the governor out there, Miss McCain, and also widow. Yeah. Of John McCain. Uh, this is a couple of weeks ago. I saw this. It's such a strange for thing. basically for supporting for Joe not Biden. Donald Trump. Yeah. Um, the governor was for you know basically anything he did during the the COVID situation. Um, so and, no, the governor. Now there's there's a couple of different layers to this censure. Mm-hmm. The governor's not getting censured. He was a Trump supporter. Mm-hmm. He just literally accepted the re- the election results of mm-hmm. the, f- the free and fair election that happened in Arizona, mm-hmm. and then the party said, "Well, uh-uh, right, that's not allowed." Yeah, but the other also, guy won. Um, let me find her statement in here. So, Cindy McCain's statement was actually that she considered it a badge of honor because. Um, it is a high honor to be included in a group of Arizonans who have served our state and our nation so well and who, like my late husband John, have been censured by the Arizona GOP. I'll wear this as a badge of honor. So he was actually censured in 2014 for what, what was then described as a liberal record. This is what blows my mind uh, about the Arizona Republican Party specifically. They're obviously a, a moderate body of Republicans. They, they sent John McCain forever. He was a moderate Republican forever. Mm-hmm. He was always the maverick, the wild card, the I'm going to vote my conscience, not necessarily toe a party line. Then they sent Jeff Flake at the same time, who wasn't quite the maverick that he was, but he literally just like left the Senate because he's like, hey, I'm not really one of I these don't belong Republicans anymore. anymore. Yeah. So... What, did the did the party change all of a sudden? Are they trying to pander to maybe the new movement of Trumpism and you are either absolutely loyal to the party or you are nothing? Um, I don't understand the method because just politically speaking, you just lost the state. Mm-hmm. They literally just voted for Joe Biden barely, I mean, by ten or 11,000 votes. Is the move really becoming less moderate the right one for you? I feel like being more to the middle is your play. Just politically, mm-hmm. uh, not even have to. You don't even have to believe it. Like, just that's the play. That's the voters you're trying to get. It's the middle. Well, here's a here's an important number that's down in this article. So, from January sixth to January twentieth, more than eight thousand Republicans. This is in Arizona. Requested to change their party registration from Republican to Independent, Democrat, or Libertarian. Yeah. So the people themselves, if that's the direction you're going. Whatever the current brand of Republican is, at least roughly 8,000 people weren't happy with it because that, they're asking to change right now. And again, right now. I, I want to point out, I'm not like taking any kind of political side here. I'm just talking about like the goal of each party is to control as many offices as possible, mm-hmm. right? I just don't feel like this is the right play in the state mm-hmm. of Arizona. I feel like the John McCain brand of Republican is the only kind that you're going to elect in mass. Mm-hmm. Why don't you, you know, kind of aim at that? Voter. Don't know. It's weird. If I understood it, it wouldn't be my it's WTH weird. moment w- of the week. T- so what's H- yours? 
I'm only going with yours, actually. No, <laughs> Just with Cindy McCain. It. I can't go past it. We're going to keep, we're going to yeah. discuss this one today. Well, death. we could also talk about the Stop Stacy movement, but we may save that for another well, I day. Well, WTH off politics, stock market, which I think we've got something to talk about yeah. there. I don't even really want to dive into it now because we probably owe an entire episode to what the heck is which going is the on plan, in the stock for market sure. all yeah. of a sudden. Um, but I'm, I'm here for the WTH of the censuring of, I, the, what are they doing? <laughs> Cindy I, McCain. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. But you see, there's a movement within the Republican Party, certainly. Both parties do this because you're always trying to whip you back into towing the party line. But the Republicans are really probably shooting themselves in the foot with this. I've heard basically well, if you don't... Well, in a censure, it's just a sign of disapproval, it right? Is. Like it doesn't, it, yeah. it doesn't affect anything in terms of your party registration no, or in terms no, certainly, of... certainly not. And also... You're Cindy McCain, so I'm pretty sure you don't need anybody's approval. No, she good. But I'm just saying that just as a method of all it can tell people Let, is we disapprove of these let's people. Put it in, let's put it in perspective for Miss McCain specifically. But by the way, they also disapproved of John McCain, and we see what kind of a uh, a funeral that he received. I but mean, there was genuine grief when so he passed their, away. Censuring so. is basically expressing their displeasure for your behavior. Mm-hmm. The behavior that they are displeased with is Miss McCain endorsed. Joe Biden for president, right? Mm-hmm. And so, in one of the articles, it was really confusing, but I almost was led to believe that they also mentioned that she spoke out against Trump. Like when Trump would say bad things about John McCain. That's what I'm saying. That let's she go. didn't, that she had mean things to say in return or what. And it's almost like that is a re- unreasonable. I mean, of course, when he said terrible things about her husband, she had a reaction to that. And it was almost like that was a part of this censure as well. Yeah. The fact that she spoke up whenever mean things were said about her husband, let's, which I would argue makes her a wife. Quite honorable, right? Yeah. Let's Let's play a game. Let's take all the names out. All right, so a woman, a widow, recently widowed, um, decided to support uh, a guy for president who had a close personal relationship with her husband while he was alive, sure. uh, who worked on legislation for 30-plus years mm-hmm. with this man, who came and uh, came to his funeral and paid his respects. I don't remember. Did he, he didn't speak. Obama spoke. No, Obama and Obama Bush spoke, did. spoke, yeah. So instead of supporting the man... He spoke at one of them, though. I thought Joe Biden spoke at one of his services. Remember, he had two services. You're messing up my exercise because you keep saying names. I'm sorry. We're not saying names. We're not saying names. I'm I'm right. This hypothetical person. She supported this guy who had a close personal relationship with her husband instead of supporting the man who literally spoke nothing but negativity about her husband, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, who literally said because he got captured, he wasn't a good one or something like that. Or he was a loser. Dude was in a POW camp for quite some time while serving our yep. country, which, by the way, the guy that said it dodged serving our country in that capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, this honorable American, one of my favorite Americans of all time, this man that passed away, uh, has a ship named in his honor as he deserves. And they literally had to like block the view of that ship while mm-hmm. this other guy was in town. Yeah. What, how are you mad at the woman for doing this? I'm I personally am not what mad, I miss. they are. What I miss. Like, just let this one go. Yeah, I know. It's not good for your party. You're just going to cause a fight internally. Mm-hmm. You're literally standing to gain nothing. You stand mm-hmm. to lose voters from this. Back off, bro. It's not helping. Yeah. Get out of it. Um, All right. Just to, just to put a fine point on that, um, Megan McCain's eulogy mm-hmm. at her father's funeral mm-hmm. is perhaps... One of the greatest speeches by a non-politician of all time, mm-hmm. I would argue. Mm-hmm. 
I can't watch that today, especially given my own personal circumstances mm-hmm. now, without tearing up at, at points. It's yep. worth a re-listen. I'm going to hit it up today. Um, That's my commitment to you. She absolutely brought the McCain fire. And so, it is a true, it is a daughter's tribute to her in, father. In so, summary, WTH. If you haven't already listened to the whole thing, I encourage our listeners to do that. I do. Arizona Republican Party. What you doing, bros and sisters? What you doing? It's weird. Maybe that's maybe that's the name of the segment. Maybe the segment just becomes what you it's doing. Weird. What you doing? What you doing over there? They just I mean they're just lighting themselves on fire. This isn't good for you. Mm-mm. What are you actually taking a stand for? You're gonna Mm-mm. lose voters. What's your goal? Is your goal to put people in office? because uh, you're going the other direction. Yeah. It's weird. I'd agree. So moving uh, on. So that's our national topic. We got a guest. Bringing it back home. We felt like we had not really spent a whole lot of time with our county government. We haven't we've touched had, them We've had mayors, and we've had um, even U.S. senators, and we've had yeah, we state did. senators. We had two U.S. senators in this room. We did. That's clout. Yeah. One of them wasn't One up and coming at the time. Well, one of them wasn't embarrassing, and I'm going to mm-hmm. leave that right there. Yeah. So... Well, yeah, we just hadn't we just hadn't touched the county government, and so um, we reached out to a guy who, yeah. to his credit, I transplant. guess air quotes when we asked him to come talk, he said he would. Yeah. So he didn't say no. That shows you what kind of judgment <laughs> he has. Um, he was a good gift. It was Keith um, Davis. I don't think we've said his, we name, didn't say his yet. name. I thought we were just going to keep uh, not saying his name. Yeah. I liked the game. We were yeah, it was going to be a little surprise. Yeah. I uh, thought it was but that's good. Who it you, was. I, for me, even personally, I've gotten to be around Keith a little bit, you know, serving in government kind of uh, together. Um, but really the main brand of Keith I get is whatever the heck Ed Howell mm-hmm. put in the paper about him and yeah. working on the budget. You don't get to really, we didn't really get to talk. I didn't, at the beginning of this conversation, I had no idea. Like so, this was just something I, I found in an article and I mentioned it and he went in a stuff. completely new direction um, from what I thought he, we may He go brought with some good that. stuff and then uh, fortunately guy. enough, and you'll get to hear it, I got to say some words that he's not allowed to say. Yeah, no one talked about taxes. We did not talk about taxes. No one talked about taxes at any point in this interview. He sure didn't. No. Nope. So, without further ado, here is our conversation with the Honorable Keith Davis. And our guest for the opening of Season 4 is the Honorable... Are you the Honorable? Oh, yeah. Keith, keep Keith Davis. That. He gets to keep that forever. Yeah. The Honorable yeah. District Well, I guess once you get convicted of a felony and then I think they take it from you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Try you it. haven't been. No. Was, no? So, the Honorable... No plans on that. The Honorable Keith Davis, now in his third term, yes? Third? Third, yes. As Commissioner yes. of Walker County. District 1, District right? 1. Yeah. Mm-hmm. District 1, the standard bearer of the commission. It is. And if I know one thing from reading Ed Howell's articles, it's that you are very involved in the budget making <laughs> process. I asked Ed how much you paid him to be that for that sentence. He never answered me. I never, I never knew. Yeah. So, quite involved. Quite involved, yeah. I guess it comes from my financial background, a degree at Alabama in mm-hmm. finance. So, I'm a numbers guy, been that way forever. So it's, I guess if I have a talent, it's with numbers. So, and we need all the talents we can have with county's budget. <laughs> I <know>. believe you. <laughs> well, I did a little research and it actually, you're shortchanging yourself. So when you ran for the first time, 
I've never seen this appear anywhere else in print since. You said that you started your first business in like high school. I did. And then you sold it, and that's how you helped put yourself through college. I did. What's that about? Tell me that story. Well, just a little background about me. I've actually been on my own since 16. Put myself through college, paid every bill I've ever had since 16. Uh, I did have an aunt and uncle who took me in for a couple years uh, until I went off to college. Um, they're still very close. We've got a farm down south. I actually grew up on a farm. Probably didn't know that about me. So that's how I made money. I'm not seeing yeah, yeah farmer yeah, aura yeah. in they, this room. They probably but... don't either <laughs> to this day. But uh, that's how I put. My, that's how I bought my school clothes. That's how I bought my class ring. That's how I, you know I worked every summer. Uh, on the farm since I was eight. And so at 16, I found myself on my own uh, uh, with their help with roof and shelter, but never took a penny from anybody since 16. So that's, I just hustled, started businesses, sold business. And what was the business though? What was your I, business? Well, had, I had several, had several little uh, operations going on. One was on the farm was wholesaling produce and things. Uh, you know, watermelons, cantaloupes, and things like that. I would wholesale and, and set up distribution for that for different farms around the, the our farm. And then I had a uh, video business, little rent-to-own business, game leasing business. At 16, I started a game leasing business. Had about 30 different gas stations and other movie places around where I lived that I would buy the games and they would rent them and I made so much off each You're talking about the video games? Yeah, video games, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, at some point I got where I was ready to go to college, sold that to my business partner that was in business with me and used that along with other savings that I'd had through many, many years on the farm working. Um, And so that's what paid for I'm impressed. Business school. Well, I See, <laughs> this is the kind of stuff you get on Left on Red that you don't get anywhere else. Uh-huh. You've never talked about this to us no, before. I, I mean, I, I, this was a throwaway line that I found in that article that I thought was interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, you know, again, it's not, you know, it's just life. You know, you do what you have to do to survive, and either at that point it either breaks you or you succeed. And good Lord's blessed me enough to be successful. So that drive is still what drives me today. I mean, I'm so I have a question. You have, what is it, two daughters? Is that Two right? daughters, yes. So how, as a parent, so you this is your story. Right. Your kids don't have to struggle like that. No. They're, we're, but surely you're not just going to let them go off in the world without having some hard-knot lessons, right? Uh, how do you instill that when they don't have to struggle? Uh Good, good question. This is the parenting um, catch twenty two right here. Yeah. My yeah. my I view my my job is to make sure they don't have to struggle like I did. Sure. So at a certain age there is a cutoff point and I have a formula and I have a certain amount of this is what you get. Uh you get this, this and this and after that, that's it. Right. You're pretty much so those lessons are being taught to them. Trust me, my oldest daughter just turned 16, so she heard all my stories mm-hmm. of, I've been on my own since 16, you know. I didn't have a brand new car show up in the driveway like you did when I turned 16. You know, I had to go buy that car myself. And, you know, so there, there's life lessons in there. But, again, I think when I worked hard, so I continue to work as hard as I do to make sure they don't have to struggle like right. I did. So there's lessons being taught. 
there's money lessons being taught, there's responsibility lessons being taught, and they are two wonderful young ladies that are way beyond my wisdom at their at their age. My oldest is 16, my youngest is 14, and they amaze me every day with how their kind heart, and so it's easy to spoil good kids. It really is, you know, so. I heard Bo Jackson on a podcast one time, and so he was trying to instill in his kids, like, pick up after yourself because you know Bo had obviously very hard background growing up so he's trying to instill in him these people who work here they work for me they don't work for you there's no reason to just throw your stuff around and stuff like that so he's like the next time that you just leave your clothes or whatever he says I'm gonna I'm gonna burn it I'm gonna put it in a barrel I'm gonna burn it and so lo and behold this kid gets you know two thousand dollar pair of tennis shoes or something he leaves his room a mess. He leaves them. Okay. So he comes home. Bo Jackson's got a fire going. <laughs> and the kid's like, Dad, what are you doing? And he said, I told you. I think he was talking to Lance Armstrong, actually, in this podcast. Because Lance was like, did you really do that? He said, yeah. Like, Bo don't play either. <laughs> like, So that's his way of, I'm not playing with you. And he probably didn't have to do it again either. So no. My, so My kids know what's expected out of them. And right now it's academics. And they are, you know, excelling at that. Uh, and they know the other things will come as they, you know, mature and, and show me that they've got to work at. Their work ethic now is focused on academics. Um, you know, mine was, you know, I worked, you know, and went to school full time and played football in high school. You know, when I was in college, I worked, you know, I, care, I worked 60 hours a week and took a full class load. You know, that's just... What you do. So did you go to college on time? Did you go off to college at, eight, at 18, 19? Uh, yeah. I uh, went to junior college first two years, and then my brother was accepted at law school at Alabama. So I moved in with him when he went to law school and finished up my degree there. But it was, uh, again, I worked all through college. You know, I didn't, wasn't part of sororities or fraternity, or fraternity, not sorority, of course, but didn't, didn't associate. Hey, it's it's didn't, 2021, you can do it. Well, I mean, but didn't, didn't have time to go to those type of events. Extracurriculars. No, it was yeah. just, it was just work and school, you know, so, um, you know, so that's just what you, what you do to succeed. And all the time in the back of your mind was one day I'm going to move to Walker County and serve on the Walker. <laughs> back. That was the Service dream. District One Commission. Well, that was the dream. There's a story behind that too. My wife is also uh, alumni of University of Alabama, and I met her on campus, and she is from Lynn. So ah. as the saying goes, you don't stray too far from Mom and Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't stray too far from Mom and Paul. So that's how I ended up in Jasper. Uh, we've been here twenty. 20 plus years and it's home. You know, I, I've had people ask me, you know, why do you choose Jasper? And I said, well, you know, I could live other places, but this is home. And so uh, we love this little community, love this county. Um, and, are, you know, that's how I ended up in Jasper, the hometown. Another thing you probably didn't see on your little note card was the hometown was called Slocum. Alabama. You have told me this before. I the, didn't look that the up. The tomato capital of the world. There you go. Yeah. Everybody's got okay, a festival. It's to ma- Geneva. Yeah. Geneva. And y'all have legit dirt roads, you've told me. Legit. Yeah. Dirt roads. More dirt roads than paved roads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was, it was odd. What was I, the population of said metropolis? Uh, 500, 600, okay. maybe, maybe 1,000 now. So a little farm down so there. So smaller than most of our towns yeah we still have the farms still have a little produce stand 
uh, cows, the whole nine yards. Kids love going down there because it's a different world, you know, from what, they, from what they're used to, to go down and, and walk in some dirt and ride four-wheelers and things like that. It's pretty cool. Now, we usually get the political origin story. So I know you served in party politics here before you ever run for county commission, but where does the real origin story begin? I guess just always being, you know, a conservative, a capitalist at heart, you know, a uh, huge Ronald Reagan fan, uh, watched most of his speeches uh, twice, <laughs> all the major uh, speeches, sometimes more than twice. Um, kind of just knew I kind of wanted to go that way. And I'll tell you a quick story on that too. When I was, we just moved to Jasper. And so I called up Curtis Poe. He was the Republican Party chairman. I said, I just want to talk to you about maybe getting active and trying to help the county party and see what I can do to be, you know, an asset. We end up after a three-hour lunch at Ruby Tuesdays. The next thing I knew, I was vice chairman. Of the, of the <laughs> well, now this was a different era. I started to say, were these in the days when the day they basically met at, at we met in at a booth landing with yeah. ten or thirteen people? Yeah, yeah. and it, it's went from that to you know one hundred and fifty plus at what, meetings. What year would this have been? Uh, this was uh, before Greg Reed was elected. So this is you know. What fourteen years ago, fifteen yeah. years ago, maybe. So. so this is when we we still were dominated locally by Democrats in yeah. almost every office. Yeah. We had we had slowly made the switch to voting for Republicans for president, but it was barely. It was you know Bush Gore was a fifty two forty eight kind of split in Walker County, and then it's gotten a little better since then. And obviously now it's up to eighty eighty five percent or so. So we were we were making the we had made the little bit of the national transition the way we were voting, but statewide we weren't even voting for for Republicans for governor at that mm -hmm. point. We were still voting for the Democrat for governor. There was there was no countywide elected yeah. Republican. Um, and so then vice president for uh, I can't tell you how many years. <laughs> uh, then I was chairman uh, or vice chairman. Then I was chairman of the party for uh, a couple of years, and I've been on executive committee for ever since that meeting with <laughs> Curtis Poe and, and then the next uh, meeting where they voted me in. So, um, but, yeah, there were, there were zero countywide elected officials at that time, and now there's not a single Democrat mm -hmm. elected official countywide. Now, when you ran for commission, and this is one of the, another thing I found interesting, around here, we call y'all road commissioners. That's how it was known for a year, road, like road commissioners. But at some point, and it seemed like you seemed to be at the beginning of it, there seemed to be more of an effort to say that this job requires requires more than that. It requires a multifaceted approach to this county. And that's actually how you presented yourself in that first article. I don't know how everybody else was presenting themselves at the time, but I know from your article, that's one of the things you said. Roads are important. I'm not going to deny that roads are important, but you also need a county government finances. You, you mentioned finances. You mentioned business recruitment and things like that. So you seem to have an idea, possibly before the county ever came around to it, that this job was about more than just fixing people's roads, although that obviously is always going to be a part of the job. But you wanted a bigger, you wanted a, a bigger role for that particular position, it seemed. And, and that's the structure of the role. Mm -hmm. That's that's what the how it's structured. And, you know, 
my talents are not best served standing over uh, District 1's crew fixing a pothole. It's just not where my talents are best served. Nothing wrong with that. I've done it. I've been on bridges shoveling snow <laughs> during snowstorm with with the crew. Um, but you've got, you've got a complex situation here that the commissioners are the governing body of the county, not just the governing body of their District 1 barn or shop, so to speak. So, And I remember one of the first eight classes I took at the ACCA, which is the Association for the County Commissioners, the director hammered that home to us. And I was like, yeah, I know. He's like, you're not road commissioners. You're county commissioners. You are the legislative body of the county. So not only are you focused on course infrastructure, but you have to be structured, uh, focused on all the other services that the county provides, all the other departments, and number one, making sure it's it's sound financially. Because a bankrupt county, you will not have successful cities. You know, if the county would have went bankrupt eight years ago, Jasper wouldn't be successful like it is right now with all the hard work that everybody's doing and working together. I mean, look at downtown Jasper. It just makes me proud every time I drive through it or walk walk downtown of the work that's been accomplished. For the bankrupt county, not saying it wouldn't have got there, but you wouldn't have had the groundbreaking yesterday, probably. You wouldn't have had a Rosu come in. I mean, it's just a, it's a, it's a trickle-down domino effect that your county needs to be financially stable. And so it's it took a lot of hard work by a lot of people. Uh, to get us there, because when I come into office eight years ago, looming debt, um, you know, the revenues are flat, of course, and expenses are going up. So, Drew, you've been there, too, when you mm-hmm. walk in a situation like that. it's It doesn't take somebody with a finance degree or been in business a long time to realize that there's, there's you got two ways to go here. Mm-hmm. So, we got to work on streamlining and cutting any type of waste that we could find to make sure the county could make the debt obligations and to make sure the county was whole. And, you know, we've kept the lights on since then and, and made, in my view, and not trying to pat myself on the back, but again, a lot of hard people working on this, significant strides in the past eight years. Yeah, y'all did, a, y'all did a tough thing. Y'all hadn't been in office long, and I was covering the commission at the time when all departments were cut. What was it? Was it five? What, what, what did y'all ask all, the, all departments to cut? We cut budgets a total of, I think, 15% in the past eight years. But so in the very first, the first cut the was first, like a just, five just or a, eight, wasn't it? Just a structure for the debt payment uh, was, I think, 5% right off the bat. It's not, a, it's not an easy conversation to have. But yeah, and y'all asked everybody to do it. Yeah, we did it across the board. Cross board, um, and again, I was not a. <laughs> sometimes I'm viewed as a bad guy, but you know I'm not a bad guy. I'm I'm a practical guy that says here's where we're headed, and we had a 1.5 million dollar debt payment. Actually, would have been more than that. But one of the first things that we did was restructure that debt, and thus save the county four million right off the bat. So, we're probably in office six months and already saved the county four million by restructuring the debt and allowing us to get a payment. That payment was still deferred, but when we said, no, we're only going to start paying that payment. The sooner you start paying it, of course, the sooner you pay it off. So it was just kind of business 101 cents. Uh, but we had to come up, again, revenues are flat. So you've only got a certain revenue base and you've got an expense of 1.5 million coming due and only a $10 million general fund. 
you know, it's pretty quick math to tell you that you're in, you're in trouble. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about that because uh, you, you talk about cutting expenses, which obviously was what you had at your disposal. The other side of that coin is revenue. Um, I feel like outsider looking in from whenever we created our structure in the 70s on, we kind of missed the revenue boat. Uh, you guys highlighted that a little bit when we were pushing for the one cent sales tax increase, but it's something a lot of people in the county didn't realize is that you, you guys don't actually get any sales tax. Um, the, the two pennies get split uh, across the schools. I think we have the wrong commissioner in the room for that one. I, I, I do believe that that is the gospel according to Stephen Adderhall. Well, we'll, and, we'll, and we'll ask him that we'll one let, day, We'll but, let him give his that's, answer as that's well. That's one of the struggles, certainly. You guys can only cut so many expenses where it's going to affect, you know, not only the employees of the county, but the citizens of the county as well. And so there was the push for that revenue increase, which fell a little bit short. But how, how do you feel about the, the structure? Is that common across the state for the sales tax to be structured the way that the Walker County has it, done it? It's not common. If you look at other – other, and, and you get into the conversation of home rule. Right. And so counties do not have home rule. Uh, cities do. Mm-hmm. So just like at Cordova, if you needed revenue, you could go in, you could raise That's gasoline right. tax, mm-hmm. diesel tax, you could raise sales tax. The county commission across the state, except for a couple counties, do not have home. Goes road. through the legislature, right? Goes to the legislature. Mm-hmm. So, but we have the authority to go in next week and pass a one cent sales tax if all the funding went to schools. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, um, it, it's rare that you have a county that doesn't have some type of revenue coming from a sales tax mm-hmm. base. Walker County is one of those rare counties. So you have the 2% sales tax that everybody pays on a daily basis that goes strictly to the schools. And that so, split, one and a half to the county and a half to the city? Yeah, one and a half, basically 75% to the county and, and then 25%. The to remainder the to the city school. Right. That was something that I had conversations internally. You talk about being in these municipal governments and uh, looking at so inside the city limits of Cordova, we're literally collecting county sales tax at all at our grocery store, at our gas stations, at our Dollar General, that is then being put into the education fund of the city school system of Jasper City Schools. It seemed a very strange structure. Now, obviously, anybody that lives in this area knows the majority of those sales tax are going to come inside Jasper anyway because that's where our biggest retail base is. But I can't imagine... Cordova was probably sending thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 a year to Jasper City Schools. You know, it was collected inside the city limits of Jasper... It feels like a better use of that money might have been hiring an educator at our county school, you know, that was inside our city. That was one of the things I struggled with when I first really became familiar with the structure. I can't imagine uh, how Petey feels in Summerton because he has Walmart, so I know that he's sending a heck of a – I mean, inside the city limits of Summerton, they're paying for 10 teachers probably inside the the city school system of Jasper. And I've always thought we we missed the boat on how we we shaped that revenue. It was very – Pro city of Jasper. Whenever we did this in the seventies, and and it and it hurts the county, in my opinion, where you guys didn't have the revenue that you needed to do the to do the job that y'all were hired to do. And actually, when Carbon Hill had private or had a private school system, it mm-hmm. was funding it also. Yeah, so it goes back to about nineteen seventy six. I thought it was in the seventies. Um, again, I think we need Adderhold in here to. <laughs> we'll get him to in. To I'll, I'll let him carry that one a little more. Um, but honestly, it's uh, from a sympathetic point from where I sit is. You guess you can keep cutting all you want, but if you don't have revenue, I mean, you can't really do the things that you need to do. Well, we've cut, and you know, I know folks, you know, they don't they don't really see the departments, but if you go through our departments, 
we've cut or you know if we have cut so somebody told me the other day so if you cut any further you're gonna be cutting bone at this mm-hmm. point you know and that's kind of where we're at you know if you go through and look we have one person that does payroll for 215 employees mm-hmm. where other companies 22 million dollar a year companies would maybe have a staff that's right absolutely we have one yeah, absolutely uh, accounts payable for 22 million dollars a year we have two people and mm-hmm. for years one person did that job and mm-hmm. she's extremely good but imagine the load for a uh, workload for every po and everything that has to go and all the duplicates and triplet copies of every mm-hmm. every dollar and penny spent for $22 million. And you've had one person doing that for years and years and years. So there's no, there's no large staff, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, you know, there's, there's no, um, you know, I, I get, I love Jefferson County for a lot of different reasons. Um, I got the pleasure of meeting with their chairman mm-hmm. uh, a couple of years ago. And I walk in their lavish mm-hmm. <laughs> offices with well, staff, and each commissioner's got a secretary. Well, let, let's it, pause there. It's a different uh, world. The largest know? municipal bankruptcy in the history of our country, I think, yeah. was, yeah. was Jefferson yeah. County. So let's, exactly. let's keep it in perspective. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, again, it's just a kind of example of, uh, you know, one thing I think that kind of goes along with the conversation is people – you know, just outside folks looking in mm-hmm. don't realize that county is one of the large Walker County is one of the largest populations of the state, mm-hmm. one of the top third of populations. Mm-hmm. But our county budget compared to the other top third counties is is way down. It's now way another down. problem that I think I feel like has uh, been addressed. I don't know who flipped this switch, but. Um, I feel like we always did. Uh, well, obviously, we're leaning heavily on property tax for you guys for for your budget uh, yeah. across the county. We flipped a switch here in the last few years where I feel like we're actually assessing properties all of a sudden uh, at or near their real values. Uh, for the for the first few years, when I owned my house, the little number on my tax sheet was a heck of a lot less than I had just paid for that house, and I had a hard time reconciling that in my brain. I was like, well, it's got to be worth it. What I paid, right? A bank said it was, and. Um, I feel like, did we leave money on the table for a long time by under-assessing property? Well, again, um, you know, we can get to the tax situation where I'm at. I'm, uh, in the heart of hearts, anti-tax. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so, property tax is always a, a hard one to swallow for a lot of people yeah, because yeah, especially I'm paying you for the right to own my own property. Yeah, yeah. E- exactly. So you get into that discussion, but the, at the end of the day, you need revenue for services. Yeah. So I know the legislators went back and, and changed the rule that you're talking about where things are assessed yearly and not, you know, like it used to be mm-hmm. several years before it would get assessed. And again, so, I'm with you. I'm not advocating for no, against property no, tax. No. Just it's a system that we have, and I right. felt like we weren't using it right there for a while. And and the, by again, all that, means, if you want to take another $100 from me every year and it, and it paves the road like i'm here for it take it right (laughs) well and that's kind of a good conversation too that again you know a thousand foot view looking in the county commission is really just an arm of montgomery Mm -hmm. again back to the no home rule Mm -hmm. situation so that what you were talking about was legislative Mm -hmm. you know they they set the rules on how assessments were done and and avalorum taxes were the value of homes were set and they changed that rule so Mm -hmm. then you know they have ticked up because uh, values in in our market has continued to rise. Certainly, you know, yeah. I mean it's it's one of the best housing markets I've seen in the mm-hmm. eighteen nineteen years I've been in real estate too. So. Yeah, 
been bizarre around here. I mean, anyone that has been buying or selling a house this year knows exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, but I, and I understand your point. How did it sell for 150 but the tax assessed value right. is 80 Yeah. I mean, I understand. Well, I mean, literally, when you buy the house, there's tax records. You're filing something at probate. You're putting it on file. I didn't understand why that's the number, right? I mean, that person just agreed to pay that for that house. They're not going to argue with you if you say that's what it assesses for because you just put a piece of paper at the courthouse with that number on it. So I don't know. If we're, if it's going to be our system, I felt like we should be levying it properly. Yeah. Let me ask you another question about um, the structure of the commission. You touched on this earlier about us referring to you as road commissioners, and I've always viewed it very much as a legislative position and a little bit about looking over that crew. Um getting to serve as a small town mayor was the same thing. I mean, you get this crew that's working the roads, working the garbage, working the streets, but then we're the legislative body in the room, right? Kind of making the decisions. I've noticed some other counties are structured a little different than us where they have kind of, there's like a manager that's over the crews and then you guys would literally just be legislative in nature. Is that a structure that would work for us or is it is it kind of good for them but not good for us? Or? We, you know, we are a district system mm-hmm. uh, and you're referring to a unit system. So right. There's three different systems. There's a modified unit system, there's a unit system, and a district system. That's, again, done legislatively. Right. So if you have four, that to change in Walker County would have to be voted on uh, and approved to change the structure. And that'd be on a statewide ballot, wouldn't it, just like all yeah, the other measures it are? Would, it would have to be... Um, voted on by the people to change right. that, uh, to my knowledge, uh, mm-hmm. on that. You know, you've got Coleman and you've got Winston County, but, you know, they're, quote, unit systems, but they're, again, both bankrupt counties that were set up structurally by mm-hmm. that bankruptcy to be unit systems. That's so right. It's a little different. Um, I think the the, uh, the people walking in are used to kind of a district system, Um you know, there's advantages maybe to a unit system where everything's pulled and pulled together, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yet the – it's – I don't know if there's a really good – it would limit the commissioner's ability. It would put it would put the road system squarely in the hands of the engineer. Mm-hmm. So – and maybe that's, maybe that's where it should be. Uh, but there's a there's a give and take there. Like I can make decisions in District One based off what I see. This we need to get this done, that done, this done. Versus if you go to unit system, the engineer would make that mm-hmm. decision. So you know, just whatever works best is is kind of where I'm at. Yeah. And you know, we we're lucky and fortunate to have some really good men in these commission spots that, you know, I know a couple of them that are out there most days mm-hmm. in their shops. You know, I, you know, they're doing a fantastic job with the but, structure we've got now. And to that point, too, within that structure, I mean, you can leverage the strength. Some of the guys are better in the field, and some yeah, of them every, are better on the yeah. legislative side. Hey, all of them's got different talents. But I always you know? felt like with what we have, it kind of grazed that, you know what I mean? Because the guy that is is better at legislative, you still got to kind of do the field work, too. And then the guy that's good at the field work still has to do the legislative work. I felt like sometimes we were square peg round hole in some of the roles when – and I come from a place of ignorance on this because I, I I've not been there and I, and I don't know how these other ones really work. But it's it it would it might help uh, you know if you if you look at the numbers and again I'm a numbers guy I don't really know how it's going to add more to more money to do things with right you know and, and a quick little breakdown uh, that it might be interesting for some is I think it puts in perspective kind of what we're up against 
1,100 miles of roads and 100 bridges. Mm -hmm. So District 1 has 222 miles of road and 10 bridges. District 1's budget's 800000 a year. Okay, I have three full-time employees and four part-time employees. So by time, you pay benefits and health insurance, and, and health mm -hmm. insurance continues to be an obstacle going mm -hmm. forward with a rising increase of cost. Time you pay those things, you're looking at about $400,000 left a year. Now, me and you, you say 400000 to me? Yeah. It's a lot of money. How many of y'all have gotten paving quotes in the last decade? <laughs> exactly. Um, to pave one mile of asphalt is a, over $100,000. Mm -hmm. So with the 400 left, you know, in District 1, I can decide to pave four miles of road. Mm -hmm. In doing so, that keeps the right-of-ways being cut, the grass being cut, mm -hmm. the, the roads being striped, the potholes being filled, mm -hmm. and any paving that we muster out of that uh, left. So again, 400,000, it's a big number. But when you go down to what I was being, and, and the litter being picked up, when you go down to figure out what are you going to allocate that remaining for, because mm -hmm. you got to have the workforce to do it. And again, I've limited, I've went to a part-time workforce to save on health insurance and save on the things that that, because health insurance costs uh, the, the county over 12000 per employee. Mm -hmm. You can almost have a part-time employee, you know, for 5000 You can't have for 5000 more. Yep. So I've made a conscious decision to transfer to that. And then so what you end up doing, and a lot of people say, well, why don't they pave every third or fourth year? Well, it takes you three or four years to build up the funding mm -hmm. to do any major paving in your district. Mm -hmm. So then you go to Road and Bridge. Okay, Road and Bridge is about $1.8 million a year, funded mainly through Avalonum taxes, okay? But you look at what all the counties having to compensate out of Road and Bridge. So that number dwindles down to, you know, roughly, you know, maybe an extra couple hundred thousand to the district. So, you know, I, we try to do five major things in, in my district is keep the grass cut, the right-of-ways cut back, the road striped, trash picked up and the potholes filled mm -hmm. and then save up for what paving that we can do and fortunately my crew is is talented and they can pave now it's a chip seal and everybody wants asphalt and trust me let me put this on record <laughs> every county commissioner <laughs> wants to pave every road in this county mm -hmm. okay would love to i'd love to have asphalt going down every day for the rest of the year uh, if we had the funding, we would do that. So it's not a fact that we do not want to pave your road. It's just the fact that we've got to manage what we've got and try to provide the most services as we can with what we actually have left uh, in the in the district budget. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, summary version, and I won't make you say it, but I'll say it. Um, you guys have cut it. You've cut what you can cut. You've leaned up the expenses, and you need more money. There's only one answer. You need more revenue. I, I mean, that that's pretty simple way to look at it <laughs> well, if, if you, people are happy with what we've got then you don't and if you want something to be a little bit better we would have to have more revenue when you've got you know just look at we talked about health insurance just looking at how the cost of health insurance has went up in the oh, past eight years i don't know and one thing that we've made a conscious decision at the commission was to try to not pass that cost on to the employee mm -hmm. so some cities and counties do the we'll give you a quarter raise but then we're going to make you pay more yeah, health insurance yeah, yeah and it washes out 
we've made the conscious decision that in running the numbers, let's cover, let's keep covering the 80% of the health insurance. Mm-hmm. And that's going to end up putting more in their paycheck each week. And, you know, I know they've not had a cross-the-board raise in years. I'd, I'd love to give them one. They do get step raises. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of been the decision. Let's handle the health insurance. And it has went up. Oh, it's a huge rate. It's yeah. over. It's like one point eight million out of the yeah. county budget. You're preaching for health in the insurance. choir. I was in office for eight years in Cordova. Yeah, we, you know, we dealt. I mean, we dealt with seven health insurance increases. Yeah, yeah. I had my Blue Cross guy hang up on me more than once. So yeah, yeah I mean, there's, it's you know, that hits just like this past year. It went up, you know, seventy five thousand. Oh yeah. seventy five thousand that we did not have. So over eight years of it going up. Oh, it one, hurts. One year yeah. it went up like twelve yeah. percent. You know, so that. Um, it's just one of those costs. But again, you've got flat revenues Mm -hmm. and steady increasing expenses. And again, it's just simple economics and math that you know. And you guys can't really ride any revenue increase. So in the city, I was fortunate in in my time in office, we're not hugely driven by sales tax. We were more based on our ad volume on our property than we were sales tax in Cordova. But we saw a sales tax, tax increase every single year. We were watching kind of a rise. This last year during the pandemic, the way consumers shifted their behavior to our grocery store, I mean, there were months where we were seeing 70% increases in sales tax. Well, that's nice for <laughs> Walker County schools and for Jasper City schools, but you guys don't get any of that. You 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 don't get to ride any of those waves. No, and we, and we want the school systems, of course, to be successful. Absolutely, you absolutely. Know, I, mean, we, I mean, Jasper High is a major, you know, when you go into job recruitment or you know, recruiting industries in, it is such a showpiece to show folks and, and home builders I've brought into the community lately mm-hmm. that you know, it was a showpiece to show them, look at this $55 million mm-hmm. education system, you know, and what a great investment that was for us. And then look how great the county school systems are too. So it, it's hand in hand. It's not the school system's fault. They didn't structure it that Certainly way. Certainly not, no. Uh, but at the end of the day, it takes away from the infrastructure and the services that the county can provide by not having some type of revenue mm-hmm. base on that. And again it goes like what you said back to kind of the to the home rule yeah. home rule situation. So well and So if you could make one change He's not allowed to say it on record. <laughs> well, can I, can I he'll, cut, he'll, cut, have, he'll have categories in his can mind. I, can I cut this no, I, honestly, honestly. So uh. you have two plus terms under your belt already, we said, in into third term. You know the lay of the land. You know what's needed. Okay. You can make one change that you know will benefit this county be it structural or be it be it whatever you can make that change which one would you choose just the one i would let the commissioners who are elected by the people govern and have the ability to make the decisions to govern Mm -hmm. so we're back on the home rule thing again i'm not sitting there saying i'm advocating home rule uh but it makes no sense to me how we can raise it one day. And I'm not saying we'd go in and raise sales taxes. I'm mm-hmm. saying but folks have elected me to do a job. And they can fire you if they, they don't like what you do. You. Yeah. You know, yeah. At the end, you've heard me say this for eight years at the end of every commission, or four years at the end of every commission meeting. I said, we work for you. Mm-hmm. You can hire us and fire us. We're here doing the best we can with what we've got mm-hmm. uh, and pray for us. So I say it almost at every end of every commission meeting. 
You hired us, you can fire us. Mm-hmm. But give us the ability to do what you voted us to do, and, mm-hmm. and we can't do that due to the restrictions. But what's the argument against them? What is the current argument? Not why it was set in place in the beginning, but what is the argument for the current why we don't, system? Why yeah, we, why for the current for maintaining status to, quo. What is the I, argument? I mean, I, I, I have to ask folks in Montgomery that. Um, I can probably know. say things he's not allowed to say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're keeping power in Montgomery. You right. see them do it all the time. They legislate, um, they legislate cities. Specifically, you see Montgomery fight Birmingham all the time because mm-hmm. the city government of Birmingham has different opinions than Montgomery. Well, let, let Birmingham govern themselves inside their walls, right? Right. Let Walker County govern herself inside her walls. It, it's just absolutely silly. It's all about keeping power in Montgomery. That's 100% what it's about, and they won't say it out loud, but that's what it is. And Keith right. didn't say it, Drew did. Yes. And Drew's not mayor anymore, so watch out in season four. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I want to hear the answer to this question, too. Best day as commissioner and darkest day as commissioner. Ooh, I like that one. Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's it's to narrow down to a best day, um, a collective best day from a financial guy is that the running total saved in eight years is roughly about twenty five million dollars. That's a running best day. Uh, worst day is the phone calls of you know. We need this service, and we can't provide that service mm-hmm. for the reasons that we talked about earlier. So kind of a collective um, collective eight, year, eight years of good days and bad days. Would and be, I imagine some of those things happen on the same day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go from dark to light. <laughs> it, 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 it's... it's uh, you know, my I get tickled on my wife. She's like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, some days. And I said, look, I, I'm going to help this county as long as I feel like I can help it. And the day I feel like I can, I'm going to go home. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's what Drew did. Here, here. Yeah, I went home. I mean, <laughs> and, and so, yeah. I might have stayed a little too long, but I, I went home. Again. He, you know, had to serve the full, he had to serve the full, the full second term. It's, yeah. it's not for the weak at heart. And it's not for people with thin skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the end of the day, I view it as my community service. That's mm-hmm. how I'm helping this county. Mm-hmm. And you try to just do the best you can with what you got. You can't make everybody happy. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, if people pick up the phone and call me uh, with their problem or issue and not take to Facebook or whatever they want to take to, <laughs> we, we normally get it resolved. I don't think of a, a single time somebody's called me that I could actually do it that we didn't help them or got it mm-hmm. got it done. So, um, And I think that we've changed the perception over the past eight years, uh, and folks are seeing that you've got good men uh, working hard every day uh, to help the county. So. Okay. Are you going to put him on the national topic hot seat, or are we going to let him? Oh, we're going to let him. We're going to give him a pass. We can leave national politics out of this room all year long. I'm good with that. Well, I, I, I did think of when you said worst day. I tell you, this this past year has been a struggle. Um, you know, for various different reasons. You know, when March hit, it was really a struggle for the financial guy myself to say, "Hey, what are we?" Mm-hmm. You know, how are we going to make sure that we can provide, you know, provide services for the county, but also 
maintain and keep 215 employees. And there's an uh, unprecedented a, level of uncertainty. You had an unknown of, uh-huh. of nothing. So the uh-huh. first thing that you know we did was don't spend anything. Mm-hmm. Let's shut down spending. Let's just cut and back sit on. and sit on and see where we go because we didn't know what revenues were going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's been an extremely difficult year for that, not only the virus and, and the family and friends that we've lost this year, but... Uh, mm-hmm. That was probably one of the darkest times was the first three months of this virus of the mm-hmm. hours and hours that went in trying to navigate and figure out how we're going to provide services and and make sure employees can feed their families, you know. I don't envy y'all's position. That, that you're just so boxed in, in in county government in Alabama. I don't know why we've, we've structured it in such a manner, but... Uh, you, you get to deal with all the problems, and you can't really create the solutions in many cases the way we could. You know, cities can be more agile, and we can we can govern ourselves. And we're fortunate; we've got great legislators. Uh, they're good. This is good, true. They're good friends of mine, and mm-hmm. they are. Uh, there's not a time that I don't need them that they don't answer the phone or call me mm-hmm. back or shoot me a text, and and we work through solutions the best we can. But again, we're hired to do a job. Let let well, let the county commission. The problem there is even with really good ones that we've had in this room and we've had these conversations with. It's such a convoluted process to get to the solution. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, you're talking yeah. Yeah. 15 steps and putting it through the legislature, and then on a ballot where someone in Baldwin County is right. voting on whether Keith can pave a road or not. You know, like it's it's pretty it's pretty insane the system we've created for ourselves here in this state. Well, and, you know, we're so far behind on some things, too. Like, you know, recently we just, we voted out, the, the people voted out supernumerary. Mm-hmm. And we were one of the few counties left in the state that well, were in it that. Took a, it took a real political loudmouth like Nick Smith to yeah. finally give that a death blow here. Yeah. It's literally $4 million that's going to save the yeah. county in the future by making that decision. Yep. Um, that we were just, you know, one of the few counties behind on. But again, we had to get a bill passed in Montgomery mm-hmm. that had to be voted on by the people. Now, mm-hmm. again, I'm all for people voting on, mm-hmm. you know, just like the sales tax. Whether well, you were for the sales tax or against the sales tax, whether I'm for it or you're for it or against it or against right? it, you know, we, we, we handled it the right way. Mm-hmm. You know, we took a lot of slack on that saying we are trying to raise taxes. No. We're giving you the option no, to do it or we're, not. We're yeah. laying on the table mm-hmm. the right way of doing it and giving you a vote on it. We didn't go to the legislators and say, hey, pass this in Montgomery mm-hmm. and put a we said no, let let Walker County vote on it mm-hmm. and three hundred and you know, twelve votes short mm-hmm. on it. So you respect that, respect the vote and you move on and try to continue to work like what we're doing. You know, mm-hmm. trying to you know, I call it keeping the lights on. You know, we're keeping the lights on right now. Um, things are getting better, uh, with through management and through streamlining that we continue to do. You know, the look at the jail and look at what Nick's the job Nick's done the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. It's just unbelievable the mm-hmm. transformation and and all that it's gonna save in the end taxpayers' dollars by mm-hmm. investing that money will cut down on lawsuits and it'll trickle down to save the taxpayers. So You preaching to the choir on this side of the table. I'm a yeah. believer there. <laughs> Probably one of my best quotes ever by Ronald Reagan is he says, In the end it all comes down to leadership uh-huh. and we are fortunate right now in my opinion, to have some of the best leaders in position across this, this county, in, in city positions, in state positions, and mm-hmm. in um, county government, and they're all working together. 
and never seen it like I've seen it. That, the past that's few the key years. is that last sentence right there because we. Unbelievable. I grew up in a very siloed area here where everybody had their own little department, their own little city throwing rocks at each other. I mean, that was all I saw growing up. I was a nerd for this stuff as a kid, and I was watching it, and I was like, this doesn't feel like how this should work. And I, we've watched that that wall get broken down these last five, six years probably, where everybody's kind of like, hey, if we all work together, we kind of go faster in the positive direction together. And, and at the end of the day, we don't care who gets the credit. That's it. Yep. Let's just get it done for the county and for the cities. And as the county goes, the city goes. And as the city goes, the counties go. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's it's really, um, it's something right now. Mm-hmm. And with, and, and I, the, the future's bright. Uh, you know, I'm an optimistic person. I've had to be since 16. <laughs> <laughs> there was no other no other way to be. Uh, and again, but we've just got some tremendous people uh, doing tremendous jobs right now. What did you got, Jen? I'm good. I think we did it. I think that was a good chat. All right, so can we edit all the stuff out about taxes? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get all no out. one I, said anything I, about taxes. I've seen in four years somebody cutting this and making a campaign ad against me. But um, uh, no, yeah. at the end of the day, this is a great place to live. It mm-hmm. really is. I mean, uh, a lot of a lot of proud things to be proud of here, and a lot of a lot of good folk. Mm-hmm. Well, let's be honest. One of the we have not had a whole lot of county folks in this room, which you and I are the ones who ask the guests, so there's nobody to blame yeah. but that. But well, I blame you. You can blame me. Me. Um, well, we wanted a friendly face, and <laughs> uh, we finally found one. But honestly, there are a lot of things about y'all's job in particular that people don't understand, which is going to go into something. We'll let him off the hook, but the, the whole civics thing and, mm-hmm. and you know what what we're going to try to do with this season in some areas, people just really don't understand you know the difference between their city government and their county government mm-hmm. and who does what. So these things that we talked about, hopefully it'll be educational for somebody who just doesn't understand. Also, the fact that you are part-time, I don't think we discussed that at all, but you are part-time commissioners. It is a full-time job. It is full-time, part-time job. Right. It is a full-time job that on paper is a part-time job. Right. So all, all you guys work, right, uh, uh, except possibly Chair, Chairman Miller, uh, does it, which he well, still Mr. has his businesses. Mr. Borden just retired. Yeah. I think. That's right. right. He just retired. Yeah. Jim, Jim retired, so he's um, He's gone home. We're full. I mean, we are full time. We're seven right. days a week. I mean, it's literally it's, there's not something that we're doing seven days a week. Um, you know, and for you know, I, I kind of joke. I had I was out shoveling snow off a bridge <laughs> with my guys one one time, and I was helping direct traffic a little bit, and I knew somebody, and she stopped, and she said, "You're out here shoveling snow," and I said. Yeah, it's got somebody's got to get off the bridge. She said, "I'm gonna vote for you every year." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, so these these men, uh, you know, they're committed. They're really good guys, and they they really want what's best for this county. And so, um, I could go do other things, you know, um, but this is that's where I feel like I'm needed right now. Well, thank you for being with us, the thank Honorable. You. Mr. Yeah, Davis. Really honorable in there. You have to. You earned it. Ja- See, James gets a nickname too. James is the esteemed. 
the esteemed our esteemed publisher James really? Phillips. So you get you, to be the you honorable. Officially get esteemed, or did y'all just give him that? Is that well? Whenever he comes in this room, remember he's been. We've we've talked to him like esteemed. two or three times, and every time I say we have with us our esteemed publisher James well, Phillips. Keith's, Keith's title is official. Like I mean, when he gets mail, right. it's got the H O N. The on honorable. Front. Yeah. yeah. Just call me Keith. <laughs> <laughs> just call me Keith. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Well, I thought that interview went well with Mr. Davis. I did, too. Um, I didn't know what to expect because you do. I mean, any sitting politician has to have some level of reservation about what mm-hmm. they say and when. But I thought he, I thought he did a good job of opening did. up with us. So. He did. And I think he's an example. This is why I missed us having guests. The, when we started the podcast, I really enjoyed that you got to know people mm-hmm. in a different way. Mm-hmm. And so um, the conversations we've had, you know, you just wouldn't ask just as a reporter every day. You right. just wouldn't ask them. But you and I have had some conversations with people that we know through the pages of the paper that we never would have had otherwise. That, very true. So and I, I think enjoy we can, that part of the podcast. I think podcast. we can continue down that path in this season. And we, not just politicians. I think we're going to look at some apolitical characters and, mm-hmm. and kind of mix in the, the bag of folks that we're getting and the, the conversations that we're having. Mm-hmm. And that's what, I mean, ultimately, I think that's what we're trying to do is shed a lot on what's going on around us and, you know, how our government works, but also the people kind of in it and around it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Well, that's where the civics thing comes in. We're going to try to turn that into a little uh, little recurring yeah. game or something. So we'll find some people who, like you said, have no, hopefully have no connection whatsoever to government or anything like that. Yeah. But we can ask them questions like, do you know who your state senators yeah. are? Do you know who represents you in Montgomery and in D.C.? Yeah. And, um, you know, some of the... The different things you have to know to become a naturalized uh, citizen of this country. I like it. So that's something we've talked about and guest, and uh, we like the current event stuff. So mm-hmm. um, things aren't happening with quite the degree of outrage as they used to, but yeah. there's still things happening that uh, are fodder for podcast topics. And then Jennifer accidentally let us talk about video games, so that's going to mm-hmm. be a thing now. Yeah. Um, so... Well, here's the thing about a political podcast, and you and I know this. Politics it's everything. is in everything. I don't care what you think you engage in that doesn't mm-hmm. involve politics whatsoever. You're wrong. I guarantee you mm-hmm. it does in some way. There's politics like at your family dinner table mm-hmm. that you may not even pay attention to. But I they're mean, there. most hobbies you have, I mean, it's all going to come back around to politics in some yeah. way. So yeah. um, so there's crossover there, and I feel like that kind of gives us leeway to talk about whatever we want to talk and about. And that's what we're going to do, Dad. That's what we're going to do, because... There are no rules here. Yeah. That's the lesson of 2020 that we learned. No one gets to give us rules anymore because there are none. Quick uh, question for you. Uh, what is the president of the United States up to today? I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. We don't know. That's a, it's almost an unsettling feeling, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's not. Isn't it? <laughs> it is refreshing. Um. Quickly, I will say this. So uh, Kamala Harris, after she... Uh, became sworn in. Her mm-hmm. Instagram account changed. She was just yeah. Kamala Harris, yeah. and now the account is VP. Yeah, yeah. So those are those official government accounts. They have mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Which funny, I wondered. I wondered about that. Funny story. Yeah, those are official. Government everything. Accounts. Everything remember, that she posts now falls under some laws yeah. and things, right? Because I remember uh, when uh, President Obama was leaving office, uh, they made an official tweet because the POTUS handle mm-hmm. was switching over to, to Mr. Trump, who didn't really use it that much, but he had mm-hmm. it. And they archive everything that you know uh, 
POTUS 44 did. Mm-hmm. And then after that, they'll archive everything POTUS 45 did, and they clean it out. Mm-hmm. And so then it switches to, to Biden now, has the POTUS mm-hmm. handle. Well, I remember uh, right after they switched it to Biden, got the POTUS handle, the link in the bio was to the first lady, mm-hmm. and it was still going to Melania. It wasn't going to oh, Dr. Dear. Biden yet, which was funny. Yeah. It's it's an insignificant nothing, yeah. uh, but it's just, it's funny because yeah. it, it linked well, to the Well, it was a little startling because I'm a little bit new to Instagram, but mm-hmm. she was one of the ones that I was following because I just wanted to see some campaign pictures. Sure, I thought yeah. it may bring something to the podcast we were doing at the time. But yeah, within... I mean, an yeah. hour, it felt yeah. like it had changed. And I said, well, and well, that's that, exactly what I well, assumed. I didn't look into that, but I assumed because she was totally under the um, the governmental regulations involving all oh, yeah. social media that's a thing. at that point. So. so that's just a taste of what we got coming. Uh, we'll get some people in. We'll talk about some different things. And, and uh, I think you, you've nailed it. We're going to get – we're always talking about politics, but it's going to be the politics of some other stuff, I think, mm-hmm. from time to time. Yeah. Well – we told a good story in our first season, I think, about the transition of Walker County. Mm-hmm. Uh, second season kind of hit us with the pandemic. So we, we got some people that we didn't get through the first season, and then the pandemic interrupted us. We came back for an all-national news kind of a mm-hmm. take, you and mm-hmm. I, during that third season. Mm-hmm. Seasons are a little fluid. Let's just go ahead and say that. Basically, whenever we spend more than a month without having the podcast, we consider it a new season. We're pretty free and loose with how we We use that We might have a whole new season next month. We don't know. I mean, I might start naming the seasons. Like, it might be... Can we do them like houses? Left on red, like, you know how you see those editions? Yeah. Like the stamp, those left on red, like video game edition. Like... I'm here for it. You don't know. I'll follow your lead. So, uh, follow us. I do keep up. Are you keeping up with the Twitter, the Twitter side of our? No. Okay. No. <laughs> I just didn't know if you were nope. or not. We put you in charge. You had that one job. Yeah. One job. Twitter is your thing. Let me tell you, I'm in this phase of my life. You know, I, re- I retired from my, my first political endeavor and, uh, I really decided I didn't want to do things for a little mm-hmm. while. I say that, uh, I'm, I'm currently adding a bathroom to our house. That's my oh. spare time. Mm-hmm. It was eating into my left on red Twitter time. Yeah. So I'm staying fairly active on our Facebook. All right, I'll do better. At some point, Drew will be active again on our Twitter account. I'm going to bring some heat on Twitter. I'm going to be tagging folks. And I was, I I brought heat right off the bat. I'm I'm making the announcement official. I'm Mm going to bring some heat on Twitter. Yep. So follow me on Facebook for just. Articles nice, that I found interesting. Content. Yeah, I, I very rarely try go to, to Twitter for the dark stuff. Yes, there you go. Good yeah. cop, bad cop. Good That's cop, what we're doing on social media. Good cop, oh, we're bad doing cop. bad cop, bad cop. But do follow the page. Um, that's where you'll see me post. We're working really hard on coming back for season four, but in the meantime, yeah, here's another podcast you might want to listen yeah, to. Listen or to here's a here's good. an article that came out this week that you here's might find interesting. Here's an actual good podcast. Go try it out. Right. Yeah. So uh, I try to be helpful. Um, so yeah, I'm just gonna be mean to to maybe politicians. I don't know. You're gonna encourage trolls. I feel like that's probably what I'm gonna do. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we, we do have a social media presence where you can keep up with us when we take our next unplanned hiatus. Um, hopefully, it'll be a few months, though. Nah, we'll make it. We're gonna, we're I feel gonna like we have to get at least episodes. through eight episodes before yeah. we can call it a season. We're so. going to get you some good episodes. I feel like we're committed. We we're committed to a solid eight episodes before. I'm committed to disappearing again. Yeah. 
just after we give you some content first. Yeah, that's how that works. So yeah. um, this little venture of ours started, uh, we're in a year and so many months. It started mm-hmm. in October. Mm-hmm. We didn't we didn't do a big anniversary show or anything, but I thought about it when that October date rolled around. And COVID. we're still here. We're still doing it. We're still enjoying it, some days more than others, but I feel like we've turned the corner into a more positive uh, <laughs> into a more positive realm than we were before we ended mm. season 47 or whatever I called the last season. Season 47. So, um, so yeah, I personally am still having fun. We oh, hope yeah. you're still having fun listening out there. Yeah. Hang in and, there. You never know what we're going to come up with. Yep. That, that's, that's how we want to leave you. We want to leave you unsettled as to what are they going to do next. We can't tell you because we don't know. know. But we're committed to seeing this through with you guys. So thanks for being back with us. We'll see you guys.